now the podcast starts. Hello, listener, and welcome back to the podcast on which we talk about horror. Sometimes we talk about other things, and sometimes we swear. I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by the university film lecturer, Dr. Stella Gaynor. Hello, Stella. Hey, Dan. You okay? Um, I'm absolutely great. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, indeed, I am Dan, uh, also known as T.D. Velasquez, and I write about films and um, stuff that enthuses me. And indeed, that's why we do this show, because it the horror is what makes our heartbeats faster. And <laughs> as I recently said to a university um, uh, seminar, uh, it, for some reason it makes me feel young which i feel <laughs> is increasingly important as i, I crawl up my 40s yes <laughs> anyway stella how are you um uh i'm all right um i've not actually got any news since we last spoke when was that last week i can't remember um nothing has happened <laughs> in the last however long it's been well, I mean, um, for the listener, it might be even longer. Might be even longer. What, when we're going to release this, uh, as we're recording it, we're in the run-up to uh, the coronation. If Ugh. anybody wants to <laughs> date us, um, so my <laughs> mum came home from daycare today with a crown, a cardboard crown that they'd given her, um, and I, I hope that every participant in that daycare centre was given one because you've got to be fair. But I think it suited <laughs> my mum especially well. But um, uh, yeah, so that's where oh, we that's are. Nice. Uh, we're almost having an, a, a, a new monarch crowned. And just to link it back to the sort of thing we normally talk about, <laughs> it's also been, I don't know um, if you found this, Stella, but today in Oldham, it's been terribly windy. Yes, it's been wild. Like omen levels of terrifying <laughs> wind. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, I, I, I blame... King Charles, either he has summoned the wind through dark magic because his ascension to evil power is is near, <laughs> or some evil forces that are ranged against him are furious that furious. we're having another crown, another uh, monarch crowned. So I don't know, but either way, it doesn't bode well. No, it's it's been pretty wild here today as well, and. The weather's supposed to be shit for the weekend, isn't it? Oh, is it right? I've heard. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I'm. I mean, I'm just trying to avoid it. Really, um, it's not really my. Um... Well, good. Good luck avoiding it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, what we're going to do? Like, as Owen's working on Saturday when when it actually is. Um, my kids going out by with their friends, so I don't know. I have to distract myself somehow. I'll watch something gruesome on Netflix. It'll be fine. <laughs> but then we get Monday off work, so that's okay. So I'll uh, I'll spend some time with people then. I think. But yeah, because of you know the nature of, of Owen's work, he generally gets when it's bank holiday weekend. That's when he works because you know he works in the performing arts. So that's when people want stuff. So right. when everyone yeah. else is off, that's when he's usually usually working. So, but you know. Post COVID, work is good. <laughs> work is definitely good in that area. <clears throat> well, I'm glad to hear that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, it's been some lean times. Mm, lean. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
so uh, listener this episode you are uh, you are going to hear a podcast which is possibly the last podcast to review scream 6 which <laughs> at the time of recording was released about two months ago i, I think, think about two months yeah yeah two months all right um, we'll get we'll get there when we get there <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're just we're just taking our time stella and i decided we want we wanted to talk about it but it's just taken a while to come together um took me a while to see the film so so much so that um when i eventually saw it i think there were three of us in the screening <laughs> i think it was definitely a kind of post the initial buzz of the release yeah tail end um, i think you saw it a little bit earlier stella yeah i think we did all right for me i i usually never get to see things in the cinema anyway um but i i think me and my kid my teen we saw it I think maybe it had only been out for about two weeks, which for me is pretty, pretty on the nose, <laughs> pretty on the button, on the pulse <laughs> of being there. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to explain this story now before we get into the film. So as I mentioned, there, I've got I've got a teenager. Uh, they turned 14 in April. So when we went to see Scream, they were just uh 13 so you know shh, don't tell the cinema um so it was mother's day and it was like right what can me and my kids do on mother's day that would be a nice bonding experience and um they my my kid had seen uh all the screen films um because that's the kind of responsible parent that i am and <laughs> I was like, right, what can we do for mother's day i was like oh well, we could go and watch scream six we'll, we'll go to the cinema we'll watch scream six i've seen all the other scream films in the cinema it is the one franchise that i make sure i go and see in cin cinema right so come on Emma, let's go let's go and watch scream six together and Emma being they're quite a sensible young person i think really i don't really know how, how they've managed that but it's true mm. and Emma was like well how surely it's an 18 certificate and i was like well it is but you know mum's got a plan and the plan was I bought myself, I bought two Scream tickets and I bought Ema a ticket to go and watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. I was like, right. well, when we go in, you show the ticket to Ant-Man and the Wasp. I show my Scream ticket. We go in and once you pass the guy at the top of the stairs looking at your tickets, all the screens, well, it's, it's a free-for-all, isn't it? They can't, you know, oh, after the ticket man, then, mm. then we're in. So Ema's like, right, right, right. We can totally do this. So I said, get your ticket. And then I had a bit of a wobble. I did buy one Scream ticket and one Ant-Man ticket. And then I was like, well, what if, what if Scream is packed? So I buy two tickets to make sure I have seats. So we get there. We get to uh, the cinema. I won't tell you what it is in case they send the police around. Um, so we get to the cinema and we, Mother's Day is on a Sunday. And we get there for about mid half 11. The show ends at midday or Scream's at midday. And Ant-Man and the Wasp isn't until like half an hour after it. So we get there really early because I'm a perpetually early person. And um, <laughs> we well, were like, right, just just that casual, <laughs> it will be fine. No one will notice that I'm taking you in to see an 18 certificate film and you're clearly 13. <laughs> like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So we got in trying to walk casually. You know, when you're trying to like act normal and you look like the most shifty person that's ever been. God, so. Yes. We show our tickets. There's no one else there at the cinema. There's no one in the popcorn queue. Like they've barely finished cleaning the place before me and him are rocking up on our mission to watch um, this 18 certificate film. So we buy some pop pop popcorn ages before Ant Man and the Wasp starts, and about 25 minutes before Scream starts. So we, me and him, sit on this bench in the cinema, 
again, acting casual. <laughs> the guys who are doing the tickets at the top of the stairs keep looking at us and clearly see what we're up to. And it was like, no, no, we're just we're just sitting here on a bench <laughs> in the <laughs> cinema. <laughs> and then the two guys on the ticket thing, they wander off. And I was like, right now, go, go, go. <laughs> Ran into the scream, <laughs> the scream screen. And we get in there and the lights are still up. Like, oh. it's just, it's still the advert. So it's like, well, and we go in the theatre and there's maybe like four of the people in there because it's Sunday morning. I didn't think this through at all. It's about four of the people in there. So we sit down, the lights are blazing in there. So if anyone just like stuck their head in, they could clearly see this child sat oh. in the middle. Um, so we're just sat there going, come on, come on, put the lights down, put the lights down. And we sat there for about 10 minutes watching adverts and then put the lights down. It's like, right, okay, we're all right now. Watch the trailers, watch the film, really enjoyed the film that we'll get to in a second. And you all know this from going to the cinema. When the film's about 10 minutes to go, the number of staff whose job it is to clean the theatre will sort of stick their head in and won't they and see like, you know, where's the film up to, ready with their bin bags. Mm. So this guy sort of sticks his head in and me and Ema both clock him. And then Ema leans over and goes, how am I going to leave? <laughs> I was like, well, you've seen it now. Oh. Like, can't, you can't erase yeah. your brain. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, shit. Right. So we, the, the film ends, the credits roll, the lights come up, and I could see that the cleaning, the guy who's coming in to clean, he's kind of disappeared. I was like, right, come on, go, 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 go. And you're in the cinema, there's always those, like, those, they're like little corridors, I guess, down either side, and there's like a big, banister and you can't see around it so I stuck my head around it I could see the cleaning guy had just left the door to the screen so me and Ema there was only one word for how we moved out of the screen we scuttled down this little <laughs> ramp got out the door the cleaning guy had his back to us we walked past him I was like we just got in the toilet just walk like you go into the toilet at casual so we walked in the least casual way possible went to the bathroom ran in I was down for a wee and then we were leaving the cinema together Ant-Man and the Wasp is still playing because it's a Marvel film that's 18 right. hours long and again we're doing this terrible just acting casual shifty scuttle out of the cinema <laughs> down all the escalators like three sets of escalators or whatever is to get out and it was like, running around the cinema like we're in a heist movie and then we get outside and it was like yeah we did it and I'm like oh Jesus <laughs> most anxiety inducing thing <laughs> ever done and he was like that was brilliant let's do it again and I'm like not likely not soon. yeah you had the enhanced experience <laughs> we did not only was the film with all of its shocks and jumps and twists and turns but we had the added real world anxiety of um, potentially getting booted out of the cinema which you know oh. my kids thought it was they had the best day and I was just like woo <laughs> Yeah, oh, that is awesome. That's an awesome story. You know, but yeah, you, you added a bit casual. of adventure. <laughs> I, I think it's the, the perfect marriage of experience and movie. Yeah, Just that that kind of pumping adrenaline. <laughs> well, they've announced Scream Seven, haven't they? They're going to do it. So is that right? Well, we could we'll we'll go again. But I will manage it better and go when the cinema is a little <laughs> bit busier. So it's not just not just me and Ema sat on a bench. And the ticket guys and some cleaners. <laughs> oh wow! Um, funnily enough, I've got a corresponding story. <laughs> um, the screening that I went to was also slight heart pounding for for a different reason. Um, 
because uh, basically um, a few weeks ago I went out to the theatre and didn't realise that the theatre kind of screened mobile phone signal um, and, um, you know, I'm my mum's carer and I'm yeah. supposed to be available on call if there's any issue and and while i was in the theater last time basically my mum's alarm went off and i i didn't receive it so wow. it kind of caused big drama when i came out i was terrified this might happen again when i saw screen but because it was the last screening in the day and there's basically no staff around there was no one i could ask is the the, the, the room screen you know do, does it block phone signal i was pretty sure it didn't because i'm sure i'd been to the cinema before and received calls but I was kind of just paranoid about it. So every mm. sort of 20 minutes, I would just step out of the screen. <laughs> and then at one point, I suddenly thought, why don't I just text a friend of mine and ask them to text me back? And if I get the text, I'll know that there's no blocking of the signal. So I'll well, be able to relax. So I did that. And my friend Diane Shufflebottom, God bless her, immediately texted back. Ah, so I brilliant. knew that it was fine. Well, that's not the the, um, the fun story of going to the screening. The fun story is that, um, again, because um, of, of my care responsibilities with my mum, it was actually the night that we recorded the Omen podcast yeah. with the two of us and Ian. And basically, uh, we finished recording at about 10 to 9. Scream started at about 10 past 9. And my mum was not in bed yet, but um she wanted to come to bed so uh, and that timed exactly with the end of the podcast so i i basically got off the podcast threw her in bed made sure she <laughs> had a drink ran down the stairs got in a car sped into oldham went to the cinema which um i will also not name <laughs> um and uh, and i did get there just kind of in time but i ran up <laughs> to, the, to the cinema and the lights were on but the doors were closed and, and no. wouldn't open so I just kind of stood there looking in and it was <laughs> completely empty inside and then after a, a few moments a member of staff appeared and I just stood there and, it, and he looked to me and looked a bit sort of curious and he came down and he manually opened the door and I said uh, are you open or closed and he said no we're open so he let me in. But the thing is, the screen screening was the last film of the day. Yeah. So and 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 their audience had already gone in it. So they shut down the box office. They'd even shut right. down the self-service ticket machines. Um and for some reason they'd locked the front door of the building. It's like <laughs> That's maybe not too wise because there were other films going on, so there would have yeah. been people in the building, but presumably would have been unable to escape in the event of a fire. <laughs> or maybe anyway. Um, we well, how did you pay? For, how did you pay for your ticket? Well, this is the cool bit. So basically, ah. he he tried to get um, the box office to to process me, but they just shut down. So the guy at the box office who was sweeping up just kind of said, oh, just use the ticket machines, but they're all switched off. So the guy had to literally plug it in <laughs> and, and start Wind it up. up. <laughs> and, and he went, um, it'll probably, it'll just, just take a couple of minutes to boot up. And the film was due to start in like five minutes. And I said, well, is this going to work in time? Because, 
you know, I really want to see the beginning of the film. I'd probably rather not see the film if if I miss the beginning, yeah, knowing always, what screen films are like. The beginning's always a joy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and we can't we we stood there for like a tense, not further minute. <laughs> well, well, basically, this circle went round and round on the front of the machine, and it didn't show any signs of coming to life. And I said. Oh, sorry, sorry, I couldn't be here any, any earlier. It's just that I'm a carer, you see, and I can't really come out before my mum falls asleep. So that must have touched his heart <laughs> because he thought about it for a few seconds and then went, "You know what, mate? The screen's just there. Just, just go in." <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I don't went seriously. He went, "Just go in, mate. Go in." So I just went in, and me and two other people watched Scream Six. <laughs> I, I paid nothing for the privilege. God bless those, those members. Well, of I bought two tickets to Scream and one ticket for Ant Man and the Wasp. So there's an extra cinema ticket going around there somewhere. So you can have that one. Oh, <laughs> so it all works out in the end. <laughs> yeah, it all, it all balances. So, <laughs> so gosh, we, we both went through some interesting strife to see Scream to the film. <laughs> and, and therefore we've both maintained our record of seeing every single screen film yes. in the cinema and it uh, doesn't matter if, if if they ever go really bad or whatever spoilers for the review i guess i i enjoyed it too I, i've always enjoyed the the, the new screen film whichever one it was um i think i'd probably still go and see everyone just to keep up that record so yeah, if they are doing scream seven they yeah, are. i'll be there yep. um <laughs> it, it was kind of a shame to see it on my own with almost no other audience because mm. you know when we went to see Scream 2 in 98 uh, obviously Scream was a massive hit yeah. we were just the right age yeah. and I saw a double bill of Scream and Scream 2 which was absolutely packed out, had wow. people wearing ghost faces oh, perfect. stuff like that, it was, it was just yeah it's exactly what you wanted mm. whereas this time it was me and two <laughs> other people at um, 10 o'clock at night yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well so let's yeah. get on to the movie then um, yes. so obviously as we said it has been out for a few weeks we are going to go into spoilers but we'll we'll try and talk spoiler free for 10 minutes just in case people haven't seen it yet I had this secret there's a darkness inside of me it followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. <laughs> we share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello? Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something... different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. You want me. So let's finish this. 
just to sum up the, the plot, and basically, this is the first screen movie not to center around the character of Sidney Prescott, yeah. uh, played by Neve Campbell. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Instead, yeah. the lead character is Sam Carpenter, played by Melissa Barrera. She was sort of the lead in the previous screen film, which we discussed last year, um, which was confusingly titled Scream. Yeah. Um, but we will refer to a Scream 5. Yeah, guess, just to save it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yes, um, she um, was basically a, uh, a person who was involved in a new spate of ghost faith killings in the uh, town of Woodsboro, which is the the town that the original Scream films are mostly set in. Um, certainly the first one is. Um, and in Scream 6, she and her younger sister... Uh, Tara, played by Jenna Ortega, um, and their friends, um, is it Mindy? Mindy. Um, played by Jasmine Savoy-Brown, and then her twin brother, Chad, played by an actor called Mason Gooding, who I've just found out is Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, they, they couldn't, they, they had to come up with a different name for him. They couldn't call him Cuba. Because then he'd be Cuba Gooding Jr. Jr. No, that would just be no good. So, no. so good call there. Hang on, I... wouldn't it be Cuba Gooding G... the third? Or maybe it would be the third. Like, yeah, we're back to Kings, aren't we? There, there is. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he, he's awaiting his coronation. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, basically, those four characters in Scream Six have now moved to New York, where they're all at university. So, this is the first Scream film with a big city setting. It's not the first Scream film with a university setting because that no. was Scream Two, which uh, I think we're going to talk a lot about because there are a lot of similarities. Um, and essentially another spate of ghost face murders begins in the city, um, which are focused on Sam and people she knows, but seem to be linked to her past in a mysterious way that, that isn't clear at first. And there are a number of new characters who are suspect as to who might be the killer and also Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox's reporter from the previous five films, does turn up um, investigating and, and generally making trouble with re regard to the new case. Um, and there's even a bit where she is doing a press conference and it's almost a deliberate repeat of the scene uh, in the first Scream film where she kind of pesters Sydney coming out of um, a police station Mm. Um and Sydney punches her and this time it's it's Tara and Sam who, who are doing the same thing and again Gail is harassing them. But the, the, <laughs> the detail that really pleased me was that in this in that scene in Scream Six, they have got the trouble in Woodsboro music, the, the yeah. kind of main <laughs> theme from the the first four screen films by Marco Beltrami that I do remember we mentioned it's kind of was weird that that music was not in screen five. Yeah. Now they, they've got it back. So that was just yeah. a nice touch. I enjoyed that um, too. So, uh, and, and yeah, from, so that's the setup and it's basically a screen film. There are twists, 
they're out on veilings. There's the return of Hayden Panettiere as a character who was pretty definitely dead in Scream 4. As was I remember. <laughs> well, uh, she was stabbed once in the stomach. Well, I haven't revisited the film in, in, <laughs> in, since it came out, but people say that at the end you kind of see all the survivors, like obviously the main three, and her character is notably not there and nobody mm. says oh kirby's in the hospital she'll be all right or whatever which is what we hear a lot of in this movie yeah um, well she's she's stabbed once in the stomach um and we see her hit the deck and then the the young male who who's one of the killers in screen four whose name escapes me um he sort of gets out of his chair so he's pretending to be strapped in the chair and then he he runs off to carry on carry on a killing i suppose um and we see we just see kirby on the ground i mean she doesn't look good <laughs> but right. we don't see that sort of final you know for yeah. you know, audio medium people can't see me doing a death face <laughs> we don't see that final moment of oh you know they've they've expired um so yeah maybe i guess you could argue i'm sure ian would argue that it's um you'll possibly point to that as perhaps being a bit of lazy writing to just say, well, we never saw her die, so let's bring her back. Well, it's it's, very, it's not maybe not lazy writing, but it's certainly exploiting a loophole, if you yes. like. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, I'm, it was I'm good to see her, did. though. I liked the yeah. character. No, yeah. she's great. Um, uh, so, yeah, let, let's just, in a, a spoiler-free way for a few minutes, just talk about how much we enjoyed it or didn't. What did you think then, Stan? I loved it. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, that's nice. Um, uh, yeah. So I've got various things about it that I, that I did really, really like. Um, uh, and without really talking about spoilers, I won't get to that yet. Hmm. But I did really enjoy the, the the main thing that stood out from it for me was I like. I mean, it's, they always had to do it, and it was always what they were going to do. It, we're still in a family drama. It's still got all those soapy elements of revenge and long lost family members and all that kind of thing that Scream has always done. And I think it's nice to take take it off into a new direction with a with new family problems while still having the links, you know, back to back to Billy Loomis and, and stuff like that. So I think that's been well sort of mapped out where where they've gone with it. And when you know, on the way back from watching the film, when I was, you know, on the, on the tram on the way home, I was, I mean, so me and Ian, we came back from the film and we got on the tram and the tram that we get goes past Old Trafford. So we frequently get caught in football traffic and we did on the way back from Scream. So we got on a very, very packed tram. So we start, <laughs> we're on the tram, like nose to armpit with everybody else, like you are when we're going past Old Trafford. And uh, I was sort of side-eyeing him and being like, does this remind you of anything? Because <laughs> 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 I think that that subway sequence is fantastic. It, it is. plays wonderfully with the claustrophobic space, with the way that that sort of classic way that the lights flicker on and off in, under the New York subways. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, you've got Ghostface moving through the carriage and the light going off and then it comes back on and he's a bit closer, but you don't see him mm. or her or them, whoever, don't see them move. Uh, mm. for it's Because screen films, I think generally, certainly for me, are not, they're never frightening, I don't think. Like, they're never 
I never find them creepy or spooky or anything like that. It's all about you know the the jumps and the and you know the slasher kills and the set piece kills. But well, they're I, like suspense but, films, basically, yeah, aren't they? Almost thrillers, I guess. And yeah. I found the sequence on the subway genuinely creepy, which I think I've not okay. felt in a screen film before. It's been like, oh, that's that is really spooky. You know the way they say with the light and the claustrophobic feel, and then yeah, the the fun of getting on a packed tram afterwards and going, huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little bit of... <laughs> that I've always enjoyed about the screen films somehow there's something extra immersive about it because yeah. they are about you know film fans essentially and we are well, obviously film fans watching yeah. them so our lives are already a bit like screen films but the movies have the additional excitement of, of you know the thriller plot and the violence the inverse of that is probably why I never quite got into Dawson's Creek, which is, of course, written by <laughs> Kevin Williamson, who created yeah. Scream, because I I just thought, this is like my life, but nobody's getting killed. I want to see people <laughs> get killed. If I'm, you know, I, I already live in my life. It's, you know. <laughs> um, so, and, and also, also, I suppose, uh, the enhanced appeal of these movies as we get older, which of course we constantly talk about, <laughs> is that, um, you know, it, it makes me um, remember that kind of milieu of, of college and university yeah. and, and those scenes on the campus at the start, whether in the frat parties and things, just kind of bringing back various memories. Definitely. And, um, uh, it's weird. That yeah, that this single franchise is now multi generational. Yeah, and you know when the first movies happened, we were that age. Yeah, and it was kind of depicting our lives in a way, and now it's a nostalgia element for us, but also it's kind of appealing to people who are that age now, and yeah, I guess again. successfully doing so because otherwise it wouldn't make the money that it. No, it wouldn't made. You know that they, they wouldn't be doing Scream Seven. Um, uh, yes, before we go into spoilers, then mm -hmm. I'll just say, um, uh, yeah, I, I pretty much loved it. I I thought it was really entertaining with brilliant set pieces. Yeah. So you've, you've got the, yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. A lot of the screen films are kind of silly. Yeah. Um, and with the plot twists on plot twists and things and the incredibly violent, almost death well not death scenes the incredibly violent attack scenes that people somehow survive often <laughs> um but the set pieces were great um you know the subway one as you've mentioned the, the one with the ladder the ladder um, <laughs> and I, I think the the overall kind of entertaining plot plus the set pieces means i might suggest it's the best screen film since two yeah um, I think so. Um, I think <laughs> well, me, me and um, my, my kid have been sort of shuffling the order of screen films between us ever since, like before and after we saw it, we had a definite order of what's your favourite. And then afterwards, it's like, well, that's changed now, hasn't it? Um, yeah. And I, when I've, I've talked about this to other people as well, I feel like Scream 4 is often quite overlooked. Um, hmm. It's definitely worth an, another look. I did watch it again in preparation for five. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that again. And you know, I guess we are, we all know what we think about Scream Three, but <laughs> it's yeah, Scream. I think Scream Four 
is is definitely worth another look. And I think it's quite hard to to like the first three films. So it, it feels a bit like the franchise has got three parts. So you've got like Scream one to three, and Scream four in the middle, then five and six. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what was I going to? Where was I going with that point? So it's just it's quite they're, they're quite because we, like you said, it's got its multi generational aspect to it. You can shuffle around the first three films and like, well, yeah, there was Scream, but Scream Two is probably the better film. And then mm. Scream Three, well, maybe let's let's just let's just not talk about it. Um, but then Scream Four <laughs> sits in the middle, and then it beca- I think it kind of it's got lost a little bit because mm. Scream Five and Six have had more of a hoo-ha around them, you know, new cast and new story and new rules and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Scream Four is like come back. Yeah, I think I remember there being di- there being discussions or rumors when Scream Four was made that it was hoped that that would kick off a new trilogy. Yeah, and it didn't, did it? And it just it sort didn't. of sits there on its own. Yeah. Um, whereas obviously Scream twenty twenty two, Scream Five had the same intention and succeeded. So yeah. it's kind of kickstarted a new phase. Um, and the fact that this is the first time since ninety eight when we've had a new Scream film just a year after the previous yeah, one yeah <laughs> and i wonder if they're going to keep up that um I hope so. that, that energy of of, of presentation <laughs> just go to a different cinema this time <laughs> uh well yeah <laughs> the, the i'll go in disguise like, we'll go in disguise it'll be fine <laughs> oh you know what just well just buy a really long coat and one of you stand on the other shoulder ah, yeah classic. Go, that, that worked for for um, Be- Beaker at the Muppets, I think, in Muppets from Space, <laughs> which is a David Arquette movie. So that's the link. Nice um, link. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Scream 6. I thought it was funny. I thought it was surprising. I thought it was, yeah, kind of ridiculous and implausible, probably, but that didn't that's matter. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. That's kind what of we're there all for. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it had. Uh, and it had all the things that you kind of expect from a Scream movie. I, I think if you've never seen a Scream movie, this is not the one to start with. No. Um, and 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 you might not um, you might not enjoy it if you're not familiar with the conventions. Um, but but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. So, is there anything else you'd like to say before we go into spoilers, then, Star? Uh, before we get into spoilers, I'd. I think I'd just highlight the one, it's it's not even a, th- a thing I think's wrong with it. It's the thing that came out of the cinema thinking, oh, I wish there'd been more, I wish there'd been more of New York because okay. loads of the promotional material was like, you know, Ghostface in New York, you know, and all that stuff. And, and yeah, we get the subway scene. But apart from like the first sort of you know, like panning shot into the city, I feel like you, New York is such an incredible backdrop to anything. Mm. You know, it's, it's a beautiful-looking city. I think I'd, I felt like they could have done more with the city of New York. And yeah. all, all we had was the subway. And any um, other times, it was like, well, they could be anywhere. Well, there was the Central Park bit. There's a bit in Central Park, yeah. I, admittedly, I can't remember clearly, but it might be filmed in such a way that it could just be any park. Yeah. Um, and, so and I, don't know, I felt there could have been more. Could have Ghostface, you know, chased them up all around the Statue yeah. of Liberty. Or, you know, that yeah, I felt yeah, like yeah. there could have been some more of New York. Because it was that, oh, New York, it's yeah. going to look beautiful on, on screen. 
and it's like but we're not seeing it and so yeah I came away going I wish I'd seen the city more because I felt that's why they were what they were going for a little bit with the promotion was Ghostface in New York and it's like well where's New York in this but yeah. that's that's the, the only the only only thing and that's just because I feel like New York's great to look at I mean, of course, it is a low-budget production, and they didn't mm. actually shoot it in New York apart no. from a couple of bits. Um, uh, but, you know, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a great uh, <laughs> New York movie, and that wasn't made in New York. You can do it. You can you can get the atmosphere. And I do think they got the atmosphere, but like I say, yeah, like you said, they could have uh, just kind of exploited it a bit more yeah. specifically, and I think maybe only the subway bit and the bit in the um department store uh, not department store the bit you know the, the kind of um the attack scene that happened in a corner shop kind of thing yeah yeah it could it could have been a shop anywhere but it's just that that sort of scene felt like new york it felt like yeah. a crime movie from the 70s kind of thing that um, like that kind of corner shop and people creeping around on the floor hmm. um we know where something terrible is going on um, put me in mind of Cloverfield okay. when they end, when they'd up, end, they end up in a store at one point in there, like running around and trying not to don't know, get eaten by whatever whatever it is in Cloverfield. We never quite found out, do we? Um, no. But yeah, it's, that's it's, it's that's off brand nice. Godzilla. That's yeah, that's it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right then. The, spoilers. The, well, well, before we just All there's right. one <laughs> last thing I thought to ask you that I'd like to ask you before we go into spoilers, which is just that. Um, the listener might, might know, even if they haven't seen this film, but they've heard our previous podcast on the previous film, that you you weren't too hot on Melissa Barrera as Sam in the previous movie. Did mm. you warm up to her a bit in this? Yes. I was t- talking about this on our way back from, from the cinema. I felt like she's really sort of settled into the character a lot okay. more, um, and it seemed to sit on her shoulders a lot. A lot better like i mean i can't imagine how difficult it would be to be like right you're gonna be final girl in the new screen film what you know that's it's, yeah. it's quite the big ask i think particularly when you are doing scenes with with sydney and gail in screen five mm. you know it's, it's big shoes to step into i think but yeah certainly sam and it, it, maybe it's because of the way that the character arc went in Scream 5 when, you know, we find out about Billy and we see that she rises to the occasion and viciously stabs someone to death and it's like, you know, good for her. So I think yeah. she, her performance, I felt, was a lot more relaxed is the only word that I can think of. Well, it's clearly not a relaxing situation for the character, but I felt like the actor was, feels like she's warmed up into, into playing this, you know, this final girl that has slightly psychotic tendencies perhaps yeah well i i think maybe it's two things it's the fact that neve campbell isn't there yeah um, that's got a house as we met up miss her but it kind of allows melissa barrera to take the movie yeah by by the horns if you know mm-hmm. what i mean um and also in the the storyline everybody's kind of getting at sam because yeah. of what happened in the previous film so it's almost like the the character has a right to be a bit frustrated and and yeah. lashing out and, and 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 setting her boundaries. Yeah, and to be and a bit spiky. Yeah, she has to command other characters. Um, so I think those two things work together well. Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I I thought she was good. I think the um, the the kind of uh, the teaming of her and General Tegra as yeah. Tara is great. Is really effective, and it, it, the way they work together on screen is is fantastic. Yeah. So um. Yeah, um, I will say 
uh, I suppose um, it can be said non-spoilery that um, I did really like the movie, but I also feel like it's slightly uh, disposable. Sounds really bad. That was the word I was <laughs> uh, uh, I was reaching for. Just because the first five films are really all about uh, Sydney, mm. and yeah, the fifth one brings in Tara and Sam, but. Sydney is kind of the linking material and yeah. that story finished with five and a good thing about this film is that it doesn't uh, it doesn't unfinish that story it doesn't yeah. it doesn't say uh, Sydney died on her way to her to her home planet or something like that <laughs> you know there's the she's not dismissed she's just not in the movie mm. um, so I feel like that, that storyline is completed and this movie is just kind of a separate thing but uh, it's a really good um, sequel to the last film. Yeah. And if there is going to be a Scream 7, then then that would be a really nice trilogy. Mm, um, yeah, I think so. so. I liked how they dealt with Gail not being there. It was just one one line from Gail, dealt with Sydney not being there, and it was a line mm. that Gail said, and she said something like, I can't remember how it came up, somebody's asking about Sydney, and Gail says something like, she she deserves a happy ending like she's no she's not coming to new york she she deserves a happy ending and i thought because you know it was like oh sydney's going to be in it and it's like well actually no that character probably does deserve to be left yeah. alone like let let that character have have her happy ending or yeah. you know what well, she's not going to happy ending she's clearly traumatized um but you know it's it's i think it made a good point of saying that it's okay the character's okay let her be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that if you are going to bring that character back every time, mm. there's only, only two things. There's There are two options. Yeah. And they're both bad. One of them is that she always survives to the end, which yeah. becomes predictable. And, and we've seen it. Already has become predictable. The other one is eventually she's going to die. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be great. And we don't want to see that. Be disappointing. <laughs> we don't want to see it. So therefore, just don't have her in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that is a point to go into spoilers, I think, because yeah. we, we're, we're teetering on talking about whether or not people die or don't. Yeah. So, okay. But, Spoiler alert. So everybody who's not seen the film, turn off the podcast now. Go and watch the movie. You'll have a good time. Yeah. Um, Stella, you, you can watch it on Paramount Plus. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah, it's, stream, it's available to stream now on Paramount Plus. All right, okay. Link in the show notes. Go straight there. Um, Okay, so Stella, what's your first spoilery thought then? All right, well, we've got to talk about the first kill, haven't we? I think. So before you said something about, you know, that the first screen film was being made for us, us being able to see ourselves in the films. um, (laughs) Oh, I know. And it was like, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) And then the first victim is a a university film lecturer. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so my kids sat next to me in the cinema and, she, and they're just like huh, that's you that is <laughs> and I was like I'm feeling quite attacked here and then um, <laughs> Ghostface says to her on the phone I wrote the line down because um, I, I went and found it on the trailer he, he says I'm not going to attempt to do the voice or am I um, you teach a class about slashers and you still walked into a dark alley alone and I was like <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so all, like all the bluff that I've got, is, yeah, I watched loads of horrors. I'd survive to the end, and it's like, well, clearly you wouldn't, <laughs> would you? <laughs> right there on the screen. So yeah, you know, it's like, could it could it be any more for and about me? <laughs> yeah, so for God's sake. And also, it means that the movie gets to the high pitch of meta film commentary like straight away the first minute yeah so it was there. right there and, and then you <laughs> you know you have the, le- the 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 following scene which culminates in the line who gives a fuck about movies i think yeah it's, so. like, it's like shifting the uh, the focus quite dramatically but it gets all that kind of meta comment in there and also yeah. i think samara weaving is great um, yeah she's very good you know she was the lead in ready or not which i love to bits Mm. Um and Henry Sojourney was in that movie as well. Obviously, it's the same directors as this film, uh, yeah. Radio Silence Pair. Um, so so they're bringing all their friends back, and who wouldn't? <laughs> Why um, wouldn't you exactly? So um, but we get to see Samara Weaving die, which is a shame. But you know, uh, but she does walk into an alley on her own. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and it's. You've got to be. You've got to have a certain cachet to be the opening kill in the screen yes. film. That's quite something, isn't it? The, yes, exactly. I mean, the price of it is that yeah, you die and you won't be in the rest of the movie. But on the oh, other hand, you know, you've got to be cool anyway. And, and yeah. you know, nearly all of them are. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen Scream Four, but isn't. One of the open, I know the Scream 4 has a kind of tricksy opening where there's loads it of does. different kills, but isn't one of the people Kristen Bell? Um, One's Kristen Bell and one is um, uh, Anna Paquin. Yes. She she gets a knife to the belly as well. Um, so, but yeah, Scream yeah. 4 does the, the film within a film within a film within a film thing yes. at yeah, the start, yeah. which, is, which is very good. So if we've talked about the first kill, we should talk about the second with the fake out killers. Yes. We've got um, a set of killers who get killed. <laughs> yes. So that is the first moment in the movie where you go, whoa, okay. Which yeah. is after Samara Weaving is dead, but then the, the killer takes off his mask and reveals himself to be <gasps> Tony Revolori, Flash Thompson from the Spider Man films. Except you just think a, it. A, a mad jalo obsessive nutcase killer, yeah. Uh, yeah. film studies undergrad guy. Yeah, um, we all know what they're like. <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, yeah, you got to watch your back still. Really do. Um, <laughs> um, and you know, um, and we and we follow him to to his kind of grotty serial killer's flat, which I suppose is not especially grotty. Not It's not really more grotty than any student accommodation, really. Um, uh, but then we have another scene where he's actually taken out by the real yeah. ghost face of the movie. Um, what did you think they were doing with that? Because when we, you know, we, we see the ghost face take a mask off, like, willingly, mm. and for a few minutes, until it all carries on unfolding, I thought that was going to be you know, the promotion stuff be like, you know, new movie, new rules, all that kind of mm. stuff. I was like, well, is that the new rule then that we know who it is? Are they going to like flip it? But then no, he dies. <laughs> no. I thought, well, thought that that was it, but it wasn't. I thought it was kind of clever because um, I, um, it was totally surprising and it was thrilling for the few minutes when it happened, but I didn't yeah. 
but it didn't last long enough for me to seriously think, where's this going to go? Because right. my immediate go-to, if you know who the killer is at the start, is Columbo. So I was like, is this going to be Columbo? <laughs> is, he, is he basically going to spend the whole movie interacting with, uh, you know, with Melissa Barrera, they're having yeah. barbed conversations. <laughs> and um, that would be different. Um, I don't know if that would be quite exciting in, in the same way that, that I'd be expecting. Um, so I like the fact that it twisted round again kind of immediately. Mm. But it did. It worked for me in that it just made me go, whoa, this. What I thought, actually, I suppose what I thought they were going to do was something whereby we'd know who one of the killers was. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and in a way that they maybe could have done something like that, where the killer is all, is in, uh, you, you know, Sam and Tara's friend group, and we know he's yeah. the killer all the way through. But we also know there's more than one killer. There's another one, because there's always another like, one. There's yeah. like tension all the way through, but also um, the possibility of twists. Yeah. Um, while we're on that killer or the fake the killer who isn't the killer <laughs> that gets killed we should do a, a shout out appreciation for the fact that on the wall in his house or flat grotty apartment I guess in New York there's a last podcast on the left poster right. even podcasts can go get so big where their poster is on the right. wall of the fake killer's apartment in New York and I saw that in the cinema and I was like oh, the last podcast on the left <laughs> And I was, very, I was very, very pleased for them. So well done, lads, for getting on there. That's amazing. Oh, nice one. I've never heard that podcast, you know. I should go It's my, one of my favourite things in the whole wide world. All right, oh, yeah. okay. Go, go oh, listen. Everyone. recommendation. But okay. not now. Wait till we're finished. <laughs> yes. But the link will be there in the show notes yeah. until you have finished listening. Awesome. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I missed that, that detail. That's great. Um I don't want to kind of go through the whole movie kind of death by death. No. Um, I I do think it was a bit weird in this film that it was really gory and violent, probably more so than any of the previous screen movies, but yeah. also so few of the deaths were actually deaths. Um, and it doesn't <laughs> matter while you're watching it because the movie is very entertaining and the characters are engaging. And I was glad that people who I liked were not dead in the yeah. end. But just kind of looking back on it, it's like, so he died but didn't die. And she died but didn't but die. But didn't die. <laughs> and he and she died but and there's just loads. There's that <laughs> there's at least four. Um it's it's kind of harder to remember the, the characters who stayed dead. The, the one who <laughs> fell off the ladder, you know, was definitely dead, wasn't she? She kind of smashed her head up in Yeah, that on, was on game over that, stuff. wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and, uh, and yeah, but we've got Quinn, who turns out to be one of the killers. Yeah, gets so stabbed in that guy. in that sequence. Doesn't Kirby get shot in the like, final? Uh, she get, well, she turns up and she's covered in blood. She looks like she's been done over. Yeah, um, she's certainly. Been, I don't yeah. know exactly how. Can't remember um, if she gets shot or not. Anyway, but yeah. There's lots of re re returnees <laughs> from being attacked by Ghostface or pretending to be attacked by Ghostface. And like Mason Gooding gets stabbed by two different killers at once several times in each side of his body and somehow survives. Um, uh, and 
Although I loved all the characters, so I was glad that they didn't die. I I mm. slightly miss that horror in Scream Two that that uh, Randy, who you oh. love from the previous movie, <gasps> Randy is horribly taken away from us there savagely. Um, and you know they never went back on that. Yeah, they brought him back in Scream Three as a video that he made before he died, but they didn't say, "Oh, he's actually alive." Um, but they they did the shot where you see him. <laughs> Audio oh, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> they couldn't get out of it really. No. Um, yeah, they, they, they left themselves no wiggle room there, and maybe they have done. Presumably, Jamie Kennedy wishes they had done. I know he must be gutted now. Hey, no pun intended. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> um. Uh. What was the other thing I just wanted to say? Oh yeah. I'll tell you what I, I really liked, I was really glad about in terms of characters who died and didn't die. Gail dies and doesn't die. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure which order preferred. I thought it was a good scene, but it's clearly supposed to be a death scene. She has a last line, which has got mm. death line written all over it when she says, tell Sydney he didn't get me. He didn't get me, yeah. But then at the end, they drop a line. It's like, Gail's recovering in hospital. She'll be fine. It's like, oh, so she'll be back. But I was just relieved that she made it that far into the movie mm. because I was half suspecting she would be killed at the start. Yeah, that she'd be first killed. Um, yeah. And, and that is one of my least favourite horror cliches when the sequel begins with the death of the survivor. The last one, yeah. Uh, and and yeah. I really didn't like it in Scream 3 when they did that at the start with Cotton. Yeah. Um. How do I feel about that? I think it was interesting watching that sequence in Scream Three with with Cotton's death. Watching it, watching it with Emma because we, you know we'd, we'd watched all the films pretty much in a in a row over a number of weeks, and I, I basically I've had the pleasure of doing that thing where you're re-watching something that you've seen a million times and you know it all really well and you get to watch it through somebody else's fresh eyes oh, and yeah. seeing them going oh, uh, what him no so it's I think maybe because I got to see somebody else again go through that oh my god they, they, no way they can't kill him being like yeah they are good isn't it <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah maybe it's, it's a bit of a is a bit of a cheap shot, but then did we really care that much about Cotton? <laughs> I suppose it's, it, we didn't really care. What I liked about him was that the, the additional level of danger that he brought to Scream 2. Yeah. Because he was a, a credible possible thriller, a possible killer. Yeah. But thriller, killer, killer. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but then... Uh, Obviously, we learn that he's not the killer, and, no. and and we sort of love him because of that. And he, uh, at the end of the film, and he couldn't fulfill that role again in Scream Three because we we already know he's not the killer. Um, but yeah, I mean, bring him back and kill him immediately. Just don't do it right at the start of the movie. You know, <laughs> do something a bit different. For me, you know, he could have been like the Randy character. It yeah. helps you get settled in. But then is removed, and because Cotton had a, a kind of aura of being able to handle himself, yeah, it could possibly killing him would kind of increase the stakes. It's like mm. because he he'd be like a comforting character, and suddenly yeah. he's gone. 
But whereas when you, you get rid of him at the start before you've even introduced any other characters or brought anyone mm. else back, um, it just makes it like a pointless little movie. Yeah. He's a big he's a big screen presence as well, isn't he? Because he's a big mm. guy as well. He's, the the yeah, actor's yeah. quite a big guy. So, yeah, he does. He sort of he, he fills the screen. Um, so, yeah, taking him out was a bit... Yeah, you're right. But, you know, I did, I did enjoy watching Ema's face. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, to be fair, it's the, there are six screen films and they only do that once. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to do it, if you're going to do a parody of, uh, of slashes or a series that comments on the structure of slashes, you probably do need to do that sometime. Yeah, tick that box. Um, yeah. 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 I remember finding it disappointing at the time so i was really pleased that that didn't happen with gail mm. because when i when i heard the rumor that gail was being the opening kill i thought ah this is why neve campbell's not in it because mm. in the original script it was sydney who was the opening kill and she <gasps> said f off not doing it um but courtney cox was like hey <laughs> money <laughs> um but, uh, and... I'm sure that's exactly how she sounds as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that would have really depressed me. So I'm just really pleased they didn't do that. Yeah. And there's there's no hint. I'm sure that every time they make a new one, there will be some executive somewhere going, "Can we get Neve back? Can we get Courtney back?" Even if it makes no sense, even if it doesn't add to the story or anything. But can we? We, we might make some more money if we can put their name on the poster. Can we get them back? Um, but for this one, they resisted doing yeah. anything distasteful. You know, Neve not in it, but as you said, they explained her absence really gracefully. Yeah, I think um, it was very gracefully and tastefully done. But I think, yeah. with, you know, with the Jenna Ortega, certainly with her, what she's done with um, Wednesday on Netflix. Right. So, you know, to that 2022, she had a fantastic year because she had Screen 5 in January and then Wednesday arrived on Netflix later in the year. Mm. And I think she's, you know, she's carving out quite a nice little horror, horror niche for herself. And yeah, yeah. I think that's working quite well as to, you know, to have her name on, the, you know, to have her on the Scream 6 poster I think he's not carrying the same amount of clout as, you know, Neve Campbell and, and Courtney Cox, but I don't think she's far off, not certainly after the year that she's had and everyone's no. in love with her and, you know, everyone's doing the tic- the dan- Wednesday dance on TikTok. So that I think that actor right. has, has clout and, you know, I hope that as we continue going to Scream 7 that, you know, we'll get Jenna Ortega and the one who plays Sam, whose name I've forgotten, you know, and their faces are front and centre on it. I think, yeah, yeah. good. Think, uh, you know, I, ready I for think that. Jenna Ortega is undoubtedly going to be I mean assuming she is in part 7 she will be more emphasised yeah. in posters and everything um, and it, I mean where she is at the moment it kind of reminds me of how Scream 2 had Sarah Michelle Gellar in it Yeah, you know she's not in a huge part of the movie but she just started Buffy everybody knew who she was She'd done. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, it just, it, it just and her her death something. sequence is brilliant, isn't it? It is. It's great. Um, and uh, I've always remembered that phrase, "sober sister." Sober sister, yeah. Drink with your she, brain. When <laughs> <laughs> she answers the phone and says, "I'm sober sister," <laughs> they're all going out and having fun, but I've got to look after the the house. And um, 
yeah, I, I thought that's me. I'm sober sister. <laughs> I'm going to change your name in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that would be an honour. Um, uh, so, yeah, and no, I, I agree with you in terms of, of General Ortega. And I also think that even though there is a nice cross-generational uh, th uh, thing like dynamic that's developed over the last two films so that we're touching on the old cast but we have the new cast as well mm. um i think the, the 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 basic appeal of the movies is their exploration of of the young characters and their relationship the way that they are relatable to a young audience mm. um so you know please more of that and if there is a good way that um Courtney Cox or Neve Campbell can be brought into that, then do it. But if there isn't, then just leave them be. Yeah, because... they don't need to be shoehorned in. Like, you know, you know, I think that Sam and, and Tara, their characters have sort of settled into their mm. into their roles. You know, you know, it's great to see Courtney Cox on screen. Of course, it is. But I'm not saying that she's not needed. But if if Scream Seven doesn't feature Cox, I don't know if she said she has yet. She's going to be in it yet or not? I'm not sure. Yeah. Then I think it, it it'll be okay. I think the film can carry because yeah. I think the, the you know the how a core four because they do have a core four, don't we? We've got Sam, Tara, Mindy, and is Chad still alive? Chad lived. Yeah, oh, Chad made it, didn't he? Was, so he so we have a four. Stabbed, but he's okay. But he's okay. Yeah, covered in scars but it's okay so we have a core four and they're all well liked mindy's mindy is randy essentially isn't she she's the same character and i think you know courtney cox if you're listening if you want to have a film off you can <laughs> i give you yeah. permission yeah i think that's fair enough I, th I think and also i believe courtney cox is the exact producer of uh, six so presumably she will be on seven as well even oh. if she's not in the film. Yeah, so she's... whatever happens, she's, you know, she's, she's making money. Um, Good. She doesn't the Lord knows she needs it. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> probably not. But, um, probably not. It's probably all right. <laughs> uh, uh, depending on how the divorce went. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would like it if they could, if Gail is alive, if they could work her in, in a way that's like a tiny cameo, but maintains the status of the character but mm. doesn't involve her in the film more than uh, you know she would need to be i'm trying to think of a good example of when that's been done um i i always thought this is an example of a movie that was never made but you know for a long time they were talking about making ghostbusters 3 when all the actors were still alive but mm never happened because bill murray didn't want to do it which was kind of known at the time and, and my answer was was always okay so just promote bill murray's character he can be running like the las vegas branch of ghostbusters and we just <laughs> have one scene where it cuts to him in his jacuzzi at the top of ghostbusters tower on um, the strip <laughs> you know and and that's it and you just go oh yeah that's fine like, okay <laughs> that makes sense uh so you get to see him but, you know, the rest of the film is about the other characters and just, you know, just do something like that. Yeah. Um, because we, I think if you um, continue to involve Gail in, in a major way, you've kind of done everything now. You mm. know, she's had the, 
she had the romance arc, the love story arc with Dewey. She's had the death scene, so you can't really do that again. Yeah. You're feeling a bit lame. Um, <laughs> you know, she's she's obviously, she's won the day several times. She's been part of the, the survivors. So, uh, yeah, I don't... I don't think there's necessarily much that can be done. So, Stella, you know, we've only got a few minutes left. Is yes. there anything else that you, you feel that you, you must say in a spoilery way about Scream 6? Um, I don't think so. It's, I don't, before, I think we've said, you know, let's say without going through it death by death, which we don't need to do, but just the generally as, as, a, as, as a film, the pacing was good. I didn't feel like it lulled at any point. Um, you know, there's always the chance that you're going to get an unnecessary bit of exposition in the middle, but they didn't do that. They kept everything rattling along quite well. I think um, it's it did it ticked a lot of the nostalgia boxes. And you mentioned nostalgia before, particularly when we got the sequence at the end with the with the shrine to all the other killers and all the mm. you know there's low there's loads of costumes there and and props and you know the TV that killed Stu and you know all those things are there and it's it was while the screen themes are always commentary on themselves and on the horror genre and on slashes and on film in general. I felt that this film, like I said, it gets the the meta stuff out of the way by dealing with the university professor, but I felt like the rest of it wasn't too, you know, I'm being a film that's been super smart and self-critical. I think they managed to sort of not lean into that as much as they have done with, with some of the other films and did a bit more of getting on with, okay, we just, we just let's just tell this story. And then having all of those props and costumes at the end was just really nice visuals, you know, to see, oh, that's what that person was wearing when they died. There's that, there's the other, there's this. And they could sort of put it into the, put it into the storytelling in a much more natural way rather than sometimes, because screen can, it can be a little, a bit heavy-handed with and now we're going to explain the rules of the film to you and yeah. you know they're always good sequences like what Mindy in um, Screen 5 when she's talking about recalls they're really good fun to watch but I felt that commentary in Scream 6 was a little was sort of tampered down a little bit which you know if the franchise is going to carry on which hopefully it's going to do then you know it needs to shift and it needs to change and it's like yes these we know these films are commentaries on things but Probably don't need to beat us around the head with it. Yeah. Because you know? they're going to run out of things to comment upon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they've kind of got the genre covered. Yes, like we're, we're, we're in. We're there. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, linking back to something I said earlier on in, in the, this recording. Um, yeah, it strikes me that although there are a lot of similarities with Scream 2 in this mm. movie, you know, the characters go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, the sort of uh, the killings that are either in broad daylight or in ri- highly populated places, the kind of uh, the, the slight emphasis on clever, uh, interesting, un- unusual, groundbreaking set pieces, like you know the the bit in Scream Two with the, the where they're in the crashed car, the cops oh, are dead, so and they, they've got to crawl over the killer, and in this one we have the bit with the ladder, the ladder, subway. <laughs> Yeah, the last <laughs> sequence was fantastic. Um, you know, but on the other hand, the the, re- the resonances with Screen Two are not uh, kind of emphasised and the integral 
in the same way that um, Scream 5 had, we're going to go back to two Macos yeah. house and yeah. we're going to recreate exact scenes from the original film. Where this movie was just like, it, it all kind of felt natural and it yeah. didn't, didn't take you out of the movie. Yeah, it's afterwards when you think about it, oh, that was quite like, like Scream 2. Mm. But the most way that it felt like Scream 2 to me was that it just moved well. Um, it was thrilling and, and, and surprising and it felt dangerous, even though weirdly it wasn't because yeah. people who okay, died coming back. Die. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like this one. If we're going to consider five, six and seven, if seven comes, um, there's this been, you know, another trilogy mm. that Scream 6 has kind of settled down into its groove a little bit. And, you know, Scream 5, I'm sure for the writers and producers and everyone involved, was that, oh, God, you know, please please let people like it you know there's always there's always chance with any movie that it's going to tank but you know it must be nerve-wracking to be like right after all these years of coming back with with another screen film that's quite a bold move and i think maybe scream six between the cast the script the storytelling not being beaten over the head with film commentary all that kind of stuff just feels like it's settled into its into its little groove that it's carving out i think for this if it's going to be a trilogy of films but then we wait six more years and we get <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every decade has its own screen trilogy. Yeah. Quite nice. And why not? So why not? A new generation every time. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I do wonder what they will title the next film. Is it just going to be Scream 7? Because there is always with Scream something meta meta about this title. So Scream 4 is really Scree form. <laughs> um, and Scream 5 is obviously Scream. Although, as I said last time, you know, they really should have just called it Screams because then we they could have styled the, the second S as 5. But well, it, it was right there, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> equally, the fact that it's just called Scream and it's a requel, that's a meta comment in yeah. itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I thought they could have done with Scream 6 because <laughs> A, who cares and B, everyone can look it up and it's a joke is they call it Scream 2 again but this time they use the Roman num numerals so it's Scream II yeah. because the original films have numbers so you know in a way people <laughs> still not it would prevent people from getting the films confused Obviously, it'd be difficult on podcasts because we still say <laughs> Scream 2 has numerous echoes of Scream 2. <laughs> and pe people will just turn us off. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe for our sake, it's, it's better that they didn't do that. Yeah, um, I'm sure they're listening and taking notes. <laughs> but uh, yes, absolutely. They they definitely have us on their podcasts. Um, yeah. Sorry, Courtney. Um <laughs> about, about the divorce thing um but yeah no i i look forward to number seven i i hope it, it keeps up the standard i think yeah they've, they've done really well um and you know in the original trilogy we were about to hit scream three which didn't go great um no. but have loads of oh you've made me worried now well <laughs> no but there were, there were production reasons like Kevin Williamson not being able to write it and stuff that, that kind of led it to not really working. Um, yeah. Whereas I don't think those things type of things will apply this time and maybe that they could take the idea of it 
Um, I mean, Sam's not a, a, a student actor like Sydney was, so she couldn't yeah. go to Hollywood. But you know, um, but they well, I don't care what they do. <laughs> We're going to go and see it anyway. We'll try and see it together this yeah. time. And you've pointed out that there's a new um, direction which is coming, which yeah. is quite nice. You know that the series is is kind of naturally evolving, and therefore they should hopefully continue in that direction and not just recreate what the previous trilogy did. Yeah. Um, but either way, we'll uh, we'll see it again together. I hope that'll be lovely. Um, yeah. And we will. We'll go back and we'll watch all the screen films, won't we? And, and yeah. podcast about them in the future. And, and then we'll be able to analyse in depth the, the whole um, kind of series bit by bit. Because um, all the films after four, I've only seen once mm. anyway. So it'd be great to, to kind of to go back and just really appreciate um, those movies. Um, yeah. And I've not watched the even the original trilogy, which I did see a lot. I haven't watched for ages, and I'm kind of desperate to. I did quite like Scream Three in a lot of ways, even. So I, it's got good moments, um, but yeah, <laughs> I think just in the context of the rest of the films, mm. like, mm, it's. I mean, none of it takes itself too seriously, but Scream Three didn't take itself seriously at all <laughs> any right. point and it's like, uh i don't know maybe it's too i remember when i first i don't know we'll save this for the for when we actually talk about screen three but i think they, they maybe lent too much a little bit into comedy yeah well which, I, I remember because i watched it a couple of times and i remember feeling that it's not exciting or clever mm. or, or or i do think they're a bit scary but it it, it's not any of those things that the first two films were, but it is kind of charming and funny. Yeah, it's all right. It does have Carrie Fisher in it. Yeah. Oh, it's a great cameo. It's fantastic it's cameo. Fantastic. Yeah, so, probably my favourite bit. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we'll do that another time. <laughs> yes, we will. That'll be marvellous. All right. Well, Stella, we have talked about Scream 6. Yes. It's made me yeah. want to watch it again, but uh, I'll do so in context of seeing all the other movies. All right, you're going to wait and watch them all in a row? Yes, I think so. I'm, I'm going to get the DVD as soon as it's out, <laughs> which well, is soon, I believe. But yeah, This is probably one of those franchises as well because the, some of the films were made by different studios. I don't think you can get like a box set no. of all of them. No. But if, if you could, I would. Yeah, I don't care. Do you know what you can get? I, I don't know if it's out yet. Um, you can get a screen board game. All right. Yeah, I'm having one of them. <laughs> what is that like, Cluedo, but with... I think so, essentially. Basically blood-spattered rooms. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm having one of them for my birthday. You know what? That's awesome. I, I, <laughs> I'll bring I, it round and we can play it. I want to play that game with you. That would be great. <laughs> um, wow. That's, oh, lovely. I love the idea of it. Isn't but, it good? Um. Is that a proper licensed product? It's not like a yeah, crowdfunded thing. It's the licensed thing. I'll find I'll find it and um, I'll send you the link. Brilliant, thank you. And um in listeners, if anybody's interested, we'll put the link on yeah. the show notes as well. So <laughs> you can you can go hunting for Scream the game. Well Stella, anyway, this has been an absolute pleasure as always. And yep, thank you. 
I'm thrilled by the enthusiasm which we both felt for this movie because I half thought maybe uh, you were going to have some uh, interesting criticisms that I wouldn't have thought of, but uh, you you've wonderfully uh, bigged it up in my <laughs> mind, so it's even better, I think, than I thought it was. That's great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go and see when the DVD's out. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Oh, oh, yes. Right. Well, thank you for listening, dear listener. And we shall join you again soon with another uh, review of some kind. Who knows what it will be at the moment? <laughs> we're just kind of winging it. But thank you very much. And we'll be back with you very soon. Bye-bye. You have been listening to And Now the Podcast Starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Stella Gaynor and T.D. Velasquez. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows, and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at andnowpod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at And Now Podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash And Now Podcast. And now the podcast stops.